0: I'm Roy Lee Lindsay with the North Carolina Pork Council, and I want
1: everyone to remember bacon makes everything better.
0: Hey folks, welcome back to The David Glenn Show, now seen and heard exclusively here on the new North Carolina Sports Network. Please be sure to bookmark and visit our new website ncsportsnetwork.com, where you can find daily articles and direct links to our wide variety of podcasts youtube channel offerings dg show t-shirts other merchandise options and lots of other fun stuff thanks to you and others like you we already have tens of thousands of social media followers and regular website visitors and podcast listeners and our brand new youtube channel recently surpassed 1,000 subscribers after just a few months of us posting regular video content there. Again, please accept a huge thank you for that from me, our dozen statewide sponsors, and all the members of our North Carolina Sports Network family. This year in college basketball, both here in North Carolina and around the Atlantic Coast Conference, there has been an avalanche of exciting, fun-to-watch newcomers, And one of the very best of those newcomers is our featured guest today. If you had an ACC Newcomer of the Year ballot to cast, it might go to one of the new Wake Forest guards, Hunter Salas, a Gonzaga transfer, or Boopy Miller, a Central Michigan transfer. A couple of other very familiar ACC faces also have become impressive ACC newcomers in a sense, Because this past summer, they jumped from one conference team to another within the ACC. Clemson guard Joe Girard, formerly of Syracuse, so far has been a better, more productive, and far more efficient player in his one season with the Tigers than he was in four seasons with the Orange. Miami forward Matthew Cleveland, formerly of Florida State, has been an impressive newcomer for the Hurricanes, one of the Seminoles' most intense in-state rivals. Meanwhile, three freshman point guards, Bub Carrington at Pitt, Marcus Burton at Notre Dame, and Elliot Cadeau at UNC, also have been very impressive ACC newcomers, and in their cases, leading candidates for the ACC's annual Freshman of the Year honor. Our guest today, Harrison Ingram of UNC, also is one of the ACC's top newcomers this season. the six foot seven, 225 pound forward who played the last two seasons at Stanford for coach Jared Haas, a longtime UNC assistant coach, is averaging about 13 points and eight rebounds per game during his first season with the Tar Heels, while shooting better than 40 percent from three-point range and ranking among the ACC leaders in rebounds and steals per game. In the preseason, Ingram was named one of the candidates for the Julius Irving Award given each year to the top small forward in all of college basketball. Beyond his statistics, Ingram consistently plays with much higher levels of aggressiveness, confidence, consistency, two-way intensity, and sometimes even basketball IQ than what Carolina often collectively showed last season during a disappointing year that started with a preseason number one national ranking, but ended with a 20-13 and 13 record and a seventh-place ACC finish without an invitation to the NCAA tournament. Thanks in large part to Ingram, senior guard R.J. Davis, and fifth-year center Armando Baycott, all members of our 15-man midseason All-ACC team here at the North Carolina Sports Network, this year's Tar Heels have started 13-3, and three, and been ranked in the national top 10 for most of the season. On the other side, after this message from our friends at The Oak, a fantastic place to get lunch, dinner, or tasty beverages on Lake Boone Trail in Raleigh, not far from PNC Arena. On the other side of that message, we will chat with and learn more about one of our ACC midseason newcomers of the year, UNC's junior forward, Harrison Ingram. Hey folks, David Glenn. Right here in Raleigh, one of my favorite restaurants for many years has been The Oak Scratch Kitchen and Bourbon Bar. It's located on Lake Boone Trail, which happens to be a perfect location for a great meal and beverage if you're on your way to nearby Carter-Finley Stadium or perhaps PNC Arena for a concert, Wolfpack or Hurricanes game or other event. The menu is incredibly tasty and creative. The atmosphere is a lot of fun. The bourbon options are as high-end and varied as you'll find anywhere. The staff is super classy and first-rate, and I've just always loved the people, the food, and the overall vibe there. When I took Carolina Hurricanes owner Tom Dundon to lunch, yes, meaning the billionaire who owns the hockey team, I took him to the Oak. Seriously, it's that good. Learn more or make a reservation by Visiting their website, TheOakRaleigh.com. That's TheOakRaleigh.com. Special thanks to Nick and Haley and their team for joining the family here at the David Glenn Show and the new North Carolina Sports Network. Okay, without further ado, we welcome today's special guest. Harrison Ingram is from Dallas, Texas, where he became a McDonald's All American basketball player while starring at St. Mark's High School. In 2021, this guy, while playing for the United States junior national team, helped our country claim the gold medal at the FIBA Under-19 World Cup in Latvia. After two seasons at Stanford University, where he played for former UNC assistant coach Jared Haas, Ingram transferred this past summer to the University of North Carolina, where he quickly has become an all-ACC candidate for the Tar Heels, who at this moment are 13-3 and and ranked number three nationally in one poll, number four nationally in the other poll. Before this season, Harrison was named one of the candidates for the Julius Irving Award, which is given each year to the best small forward in all of college basketball. Harrison Ingram, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you?
1: Yes, sir. I'm good.
0: I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you joining us. Before we get to the basketball, I have read that mom and dad, Vera and Tyrus, I hope I pronounced that correctly, they own and operate dozens of McDonald's franchises in the Dallas area. What do you remember about that somewhat unusual aspect
1: of your family life when you were growing up? Uh, Definitely the first thing is just how blessed I was growing up. Um, I grew up, I went on vacations, I mean, I had everything I wanted. Uh, lived in nice neighborhoods. I, I mean, I had everything I wanted. Um, so growing up like that was just a blessing. I mean, we went on trips. I went, I've been to every country I can think of. I mean, everything, growing up like that was just really a blessing. And then kind of when I was younger, our parents would make me and my older brother, William, and my younger sister, Lauren, every once in a while we go work in the restaurants and kind of just kind of see how stuff runs, because I know my mom really wanted us to know how hard they had to work to get there. Um, they both, they, they both did not grow up rich. They both grew up, um, not not poor, but kind of middle, lower middle class and kind of seeing how they grind it really helps me today.
0: Everyone in the name image likeness world would wonder,
1: do you eat at McDonald's? Do you have an
0: NIL deal with McDonald's? How does that go?
1: I, I do eat at McDonald's, but I don't have a deal yet. Not yet. You know, me, me and my dad, we're still working on that one.
0: <laughs> how are you like your dad and how are you like your mom? Because you have this fascinating combination We're still getting to know you a little bit here in ACC country, but you just seem like a smart guy. You're an incredibly aggressive basketball player. Your teammates talk about other fun aspects of your personality. What is your best guess on what you got from dad and
1: what you got from mom? Uh, Definitely from mom and dad. It was a a work ethic. That's the first thing I got. Um, I mean, nothing's given to you in life. I have to work for everything. I always went to a tough Uh, academic high school and and academic any school I mean I went to private school my whole life so academics were always pretty tough so you know just working hard on and off the court was two things that I gained from them and the main thing is kind of that to live your life however you want it and do not worry about what other people think about you uh, whether it's my hair or how I look or how I talk or the smile I have on my face when I play basketball or anything I mean if someone doesn't like it just live your life. You
0: seem to play with what I have described as an in-your-face fearlessness. And I've been covering the ACC for 37 years. There are more guys who will have that fearlessness in front of the friendly crowd, for you, the Smith Center, but not always as consistently when they're in a hostile environment like you experienced at NC State not too long ago. Have you always had that sort of unapologetic aggressiveness or did you have to develop it at some point in your progress as a basketball player?
1: I definitely think it's ramped up ever since I got into UNC. I mean, I've always been an aggressive player. Um, I'm very competitive. I hate losing, and literally, I mean, you name it, anything you want to do, I hate losing in it. So when it gets on the court and the game starts, I mean, I've, I just, I can't control myself. I'm so excited. I'm so happy. Just having a good time out there. Whether I mean, whether it's even a game or even in practice, honestly, like in practice, we're all chirping at each other. You know, uh, talking, talking smack, and just getting each other's face, and trying to, you know, get each other better, no matter how we do it.
0: I don't know who you would give like the gold medal, the silver medal, the bronze medal to the most competitive teammates you have. You probably whoever you don't mention probably would be mad at you later. But I, I've read that not only are you guys super intense head to head in the basketball sense, mm-hmm. but you have these, you know, tic tac toe and hangman uh, contests with R.J. Davis. I've seen you photographed playing what looked like some pretty intense chess matches, which I know dates back to your childhood as well. Uh, What can you tell us about sort of those off-the-court aspects of your
1: competitive nature? Uh, That's definitely another thing I I gained from my parents is, you know, kind of not just only focusing on basketball. I mean, I didn't only play basketball to my ninth grade year. Uh, In high school or middle school, I played lacrosse, water polo. I mean, you name it, football, a sport that you name. I mean, you name it, I played it. Uh, chess I love playing chess I love playing video games it's kind of just you know not always focusing everything on basketball I'm, I'm more than a basketball player I'm more than just an athlete and you know using my brain power using the IQ that, that I was blessed with from God and you know, using that to my knowledge to my advantage
0: you and RJ are both famous competitors are there bragging rights are, are the contests close enough to 50 percent 50 percent that neither guy kind of gets the hand up on the other over the longer haul
1: See, RJ's my guy, but I'm between me and you, I win usually 95% of the time. I win. <laughs> that's, that's my point guard, so I got to I got to, you know, I got to give him some wins every once in a while and keep his confidence high.
0: Respect. We'll keep that between you and me and our statewide viewers and listeners. Hey folks, David Glenn here. I cannot offer a greater endorsement or a bigger compliment than telling you about the folks that I use for important matters in my own life. That's the case with the Lawson Insurance Group led by three actual brothers, Ken Lawson, Miller Lawson, and Michael Lawson. These guys operate a very successful family-oriented business right here in Raleigh. And that office happens to be one of those beautiful blends of NC State grads and UNC grads and graduates, fans and supporters of other colleges and universities all over North Carolina. I know these guys, I trust these guys, and I send these guys my own insurance business and that of my family. The next time you have insurance needs, I hope you'll do the same. The Lawson Insurance Group is known for its commitment to community and its dedication to ensuring that North Carolinians and their businesses are prepared for life's inevitable challenges, with the reminder that as a High Street Insurance partner, Lawson Insurance Group offers local expertise and support that combined with High Street's extensive national resources means more choice and support for you as their client. As we speak, Miller Lawson's helping the Glenn family with our auto insurance needs, and Ken Lawson is the guy to call for your commercial insurance needs. If you Google High Street Lawson Insurance, their website will be the first to pop up. Uh, So take us back to the fall of your senior year at St. Mark's High School there in Dallas. It's September of 2020. The world's dealing with a pandemic. And as somebody who covers the Tar Heels, I remember it as the Heels were coming off that disastrous 14 and 19 season under Coach Roy Williams. Hubert Davis at that point was an assistant at Carolina. And then I read about you as a recruit. And the next thing I know, September 2020, 2020, instead of, I think it was Michigan and Purdue, and I know the Ivy League, Harvard was after you, and Howard University you gave a look at, uh, and of course, it did not end up being the Tar Heels the first time. Uh, what can you share about why either it was not the Tar Heels the first time, or why it was Jared Haas and the Stanford Cardinal instead?
1: Uh, definitely the, the the relationship I built with Coach Haas, um, my four years, over four years, he came to a lot of my events, my games. my Literally, it came to a lot of different things. It wasn't even basketball-related. So obviously that and the education that Stanford gives. And really the main thing was I wanted an opportunity to kind of impact right away. And I knew that going to Stanford, I'd have a big role. I'd have targets on my back right away. Um, I'd be high in the scouting report. It would just make my game tougher. and, and make. A, I feel like that's the best way I could help my game. And then now um, coming to UNC, I mean, his new coach, so Coach Davis, he had to recruit, re-recruit me. Uh, coach Williams, uh, I loved him as a coach, but I also knew in the back of my mind, I knew that at any point in those four years, he could have retired. He ended up retiring um, my senior year of high school, but I knew that that kind of played into the decision, too.
0: So fast forward to the in-between where I remember you had an amazing freshman season at Stanford. You're the Pac-12 freshman of the year, but your team was about a 500-level team, did not get an invitation to the postseason. Were you a guy who kind of consumed the NCAA tournament and were an observer as Hubert Davis and the Tar Heels as an eight seed go on this crazy run all the way to the to the NCAA tournament? Because you weren't just a casual observer, man. You you knew some of those dudes,
1: right? Right. Um, I definitely watched that. Uh, it was fun to watch them play. I mean, Caleb Love hit big shots. R.J. was big. Armando was big. Coach Davis. I mean, Brady Manic, I mean, you name it. All the players were big in that in that run that they made. Um, but, you know, kind of seeing what they did the year after that. Um, well, I mean, for me, coming to UNC, I really like the way that Coach Davis played. I mean, they play fast, four out, one in. I mean, freedom basketball, playing a lot faster this year than they have. But watching that run and watching that Coach Davis, coach Davis lets his guys rocks and gets his guys confidence. I mean, those guys look like they have the most confidence I've ever seen basketball players play with. I mean, I, didn't, I couldn't think of a better coach for me to play for.
0: So when you put your name in the transfer portal, you had another good year, but Stanford had another rough record. At the moment you went in, did you already know or think it was the Tar Heels at that point? Or did you have to go through an entire recruiting process again?
1: Uh, a, a little bit of both. I mean, you kind of knew, I kind of knew the rosters. Uh, I, when I decided to go in the portal, it was like a three-week decision. It wasn't just kind of after the season. I was like, snap, I'm going to the portal. I mean, it was bigger than that. I really loved Stanford. I really still to this day loved every my minute at Stanford. I mean, my family, we had, to, we had to think about our decision. And at the end of the day, we looked at the rosters, and we knew that UNC was going to be one of the top ones. I knew it was going to be either UNC, Kansas, or Kentucky. I was going to go to a big basketball program on the biggest stage, trying to you know get the brightest lights, all the eyes on me. And at the end of the day, I mean, UNC, they had a, a clear need for a wing, and I'm a wing. And you know, Coach Davis, they came to my house. Coach Davis, the whole coaching staff came to my house. RJ and Armando were texting me. I mean, it just seemed like a perfect fit. So you
0: end up at Carolina, of course, and have had a great year so far. I saw one of your quotes after the Syracuse win, and I'm going to read it to make sure I don't screw it up. Mm -hmm. This is the most fun I have ever had playing basketball. Now, we could all guess what goes into that statement, but I would rather hear, there might be 10 different things that go into it. I'm not sure, but how do you describe that just sounds like a cool thing to be able to say, man. Life is short. Have fun. So what all goes into
1: it? I mean, first first and foremost, we got to start with, I mean, we're winning right now. We're, we're winning. We're playing at a high level. And second, second, I mean, these are just my best friends. I mean, I've never felt disconnected to every single player in my team, whether it's the guy I hang out with every day or the guy I might hang out with every once in a while. I feel like we all have genuine relationships and no one has any, there's no beef. There's never any problems on the team. Everybody likes each other. We get along We hang out all day, literally all day, and I've never been on a team that hangs out all day. And then third off is how hard everyone plays. I mean, I feel like we're feeding off each other's energy. I mean, there's a loose ball. I mean, the last 10 or I would say seven games, we've been the first team in loose balls. Every rebound. I mean, on defense, we've been locking up. So, you know, just playing on a team like that where all everyone wants to do is win, I couldn't have asked for a better opportunity than this.
0: I have a theory, and I will not be offended if you think it's a bad theory, okay? Okay. So just be as candid as you can. Um, you had two non-winning seasons at Stanford. Mm-hmm. Might that have contributed to the chip on your shoulder the way Cormac Ryan had some losing seasons at Notre Dame and saw his coach have to leave? Jalen Withers was just on one of the worst Louisville teams literally in the history of the school. And then guys like RJ and uh, Armando and others, I mean, they've experienced the incredible high of that t- season you just talked about, but also a pretty disappointing low. Do you believe that negativity is connected to the theme of this year's team where so many of you guys and Coach Davis keep referring to the chip on the shoulder factor?
1: 100%. I mean, I feel like that's the biggest thing, the biggest advantage we have as a team. I mean, every all 14 guys for every different reasons um, have a chip on their shoulder. We want to win. I mean, we want to win bad. I mean, I've never played so hard. I mean, especially I feel like the game that really exemplifies that is a Florida State game. I mean, we came off a huge, two huge wins. I mean, it's kind of a, what'd you call it, a little trap game, they would call it. You when know, there's a big game after another big game before. And I mean, we, we're down 14, 15, maybe at half at halftime. We're yeah. down 14, 15, maybe at halftime. And, um, you know, I mean, we just figured out a way to win the game. I mean, it wasn't a, my best shooting night, wasn't the team's best shooting night, but we figured out a way to win the game. And I feel like that showed that the chips in the shoulder that we have as a team, and even as Coach Davis. I mean, Coach Davis talks about it every day, how he still has a chip on his shoulder and how he's not satisfied because we haven't really done anything yet. I mean, we're top four in the country on every poll, but, I mean, what does that really mean right now?
0: UNC forward Harrison Ingram is joining us on the David Glenn Show. He is one of the best newcomers in the entire Atlantic Coast Conference so far this season. About one month ago, Harrison, you guys lost back-to-back games to very good opponents. I mean, those were not pushovers. UConn and Kentucky, two of the other best teams in the country. Specifically, I remember Coach Davis talking about Defense needing to improve, and especially rebounding needing to improve. Both clearly did get a lot better over the last four weeks. How does that happen?
1: I mean, it starts in practice with the, the standard that Coach Davis, Coach Sully, Coach May, Coach Page, Coach Frederick, and Coach Lebo set for us. I mean, they got there was a point for a good three-week span that if, you, if if a guy, if I'm guarding Seth Trimble and he gets offensive rebound, my whole team is running. I mean, so it got to a point to where – we were running all practice. I mean, running up and downs. Probably there's one practice I ran about. 40 up and downs for not rebounding. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're all athletes. We don't like to go on the line and run. So the easiest <laughs> way to make us rebound and play defense is to tell them, if you don't do it, you're going to run.
0: When you played at NC State, and I was at that game, so I saw some of the hostile environment. I remember, I believe you said something like, I've never seen that much hatred directed toward me. Now, I imagine, like, Whoever St. Mark's High School's rivals are, they probably weren't nice to you uh, or Stanford's rivals out in Pac-12 country. I'm sure they're not like rolling out the red carpet for Harrison Ingram. What was different about the level of hatred or hostility when you were in Raleigh recently?
1: It's it's hard to put it in words, but the best way I would put it is I had never seen any of these people in my life. I just got here a couple months ago and they knew everything about me. They were an hour before the game. I remember I was shooting in the corner. I was just getting my spot shots up, and some fans were behind me yelling out my ex girlfriend's name from middle school. Wow! I confused. I was like, "How do you? Like, how could you possibly? Like, no one even. I had a former teammate who's on that team, then Michael O'Connell from Stanford, and he didn't even know who she was. So I don't know. How, <laughs> I don't know how they knew that. But just kind of experiencing that. I mean, that's why I came here to play in front of the biggest crowds on national television, and put the best teammates.
0: You seem to have an even keel so you can kind of go up a throttle, a whole bunch of rungs when you need to, but yet you're even keeled enough that that stuff didn't seem to bother you. Like, how do you do both of those things?
1: I mean, at the end of the day, this is all all fun to me. I mean, this is a, this is my dream. I still feel like – I mean, I'm playing basketball at North, the North Carolina. I mean, this is still a dream to me. I feel like I'm in, like, a video game and like this stuff isn't really real. I mean, we're getting all this gear – meeting famous people, winning games, playing on ESPN in front of thousands of people. And I, I don't know. I can't be mad. I, I really can't think of a way for me to get mad
0: right now. There was a strange twist, a couple of them actually, to your win against NC State. And I hope you heard about this stuff in the aftermath. Maybe you're, you're laughing already because you did hear about it. So I have interviewed a man named Wendell Murphy, who's one of the wealthiest Wolfpack boosters like in the history of the school. Mm-hmm. And that's why he has that seat right at courtside at right. midcourt. For those who forget, Harrison's uh, running after a loose ball, aggressive guy, dives for it, lands on basically the old man and looked like he hurt his hand or his wrist or something. So you actually got, and I hope you saw this, Wolfpack fans, probably different ones than we're yelling at you, praised you for being enough of a gentleman to, to at some point later in the game, you went over to make sure Mr. Murphy was OK. Did you even know who he was at the time? Do you have to ask your coach or refs for permission to jog over there to check on him? How does all that stuff work? And what can you tell us about that short conversation you guys had?
1: At the start, I didn't know who he was um, when I hit him or even before the game. I had no idea until after the game and um the 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 people to give me the permission to go over there and talk to him i mean coach davis kind of gives us the freedom to kind of be myself on the court that's another thing i really love and whether it's whether it's talking smack to the opponents or uh, debating with the ref a little bit for a call but not getting not going too far or going to talk to a fan that i accidentally hit i mean he gives me the freedom to make my own decisions so i decided it was best to go make sure he's okay because i mean i know he's an old guy and at the end of the day it's just a game and life's bigger than basketball and then hearing about it after uh, how I figured out who he was, was um, after the game, Armando shows me this TikTok. And it was like a TikTok of some NC State fan saying that I'm going to go to jail for the rest of my <laughs> life. And he's going to sue me for all my money and I'm never going to play another game. And it was just, it was funny realizing who he was. And uh, I've been in touch. Oh, I haven't been in touch with him, but I've talked to one of our guys in the office. I'm going to try to get lunch with him sometime either this week wow. or
0: this that's cool because I know he complimented you for your – even in the heat of the moment, he basically told you, hey, man, you're playing hard. Keep playing hard, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I mean, he was all – it was all positive feedback That's from That's cool. And it Very was, cool.
0: Was the original Saltworks has been serving the Wilmington area for over 50 years. Owner Bob Hubbard and his staff create a welcome atmosphere to go along with their home-cooked breakfast and lunch that simply cannot be rivaled anywhere in North Carolina. Eggs, waffles, hot dogs, crab cakes – and the best grits in the state. The original Saltworks, a proud partner of the North Carolina Sports Network. All right, so you probably won't like this question because you're such a competitor. It's amazing that you're shooting threes actually way better than you shot them at Stanford. You must have worked your tail off in the offseason, and I'm sure your teammates are helping set you up and all that. But I know you're not happy with where your free throw percentage is. I have to know. You've been around the block, so maybe you maybe this happens at a lot of arenas. But they do have that rule that if you miss two straight late in regulation, two straight free throws, like everybody in the triangle gets a free chicken sandwich, right? Um, did you – like is that just something you hear about later? Or are you actually on the line knowing that if you miss back-to-back free throws, you probably didn't beat yourself up too bad because the Heels, I think at that point, had the game under control, right? So just tell me what was going on there and whether – did, did people thank you after that
1: you <laughs> see, see the funny thing is I didn't know that that was even I never knew that was a thing I don't okay. know why it's never I never knew that if a visiting team misses two free throws they get free stuff so I'm at the free throw line I'm like okay um coach Davis looks at me he's like one more point you have a double double I'm like okay let me I have two free throws I just need to make one <laughs> I'm standing at the line and I remember I missed the first one they're cheering and i hear them booing i remember we were up by 15 there's like 10 seconds left i'm like why are they booing I'm like why do they care if i miss throw? and i miss it everyone starts cheering i'm like oh my gosh and then i get off the court and they tell me that they got um free chick-fil-a and i was like okay that makes sense that makes sense and then actually the next day which is a pretty funny story is eric hoots calls me he's one of our he's our director of player operation he calls me and he's like thank you i was like What well, thank you for what and he, showed, he he turns his FaceTime camera around. It's like him and the whole coaching staff. And they're like for the free lunch, and they all have like chicken chicken sandwiches and all that stuff. I'm like, oh my God. I hung up, I hung up immediately.
0: <laughs> well, I'm gonna add to the list of thank yous because I enjoyed watching you play. And I also did get a free chicken sandwich, courtesy of Harrison Ingram the very next day. So thank yes, you man. for that. Uh you got 19 rebounds against the Wolfpack. I'm sure you heard about this. I mean, Harrison, these two schools have been playing basketball for literally over 100 years, and you have the most rebounds in a game against the Pack. And you might know a little bit about Tar Heel basketball history, but there's some dudes on the list who have played there, as you know. You might not know all the names yet, but what does that mean to you, just your place? It would be a great accomplishment at any school. But this is one of the most famous schools in the history of college basketball. And you just grab more rebounds against one of their rivals than, than anybody in 100 plus years.
1: I mean, it just means the world. I mean, to be, first of all, to just be here in first place, but to set a record at a, at a school like this where Michael Jordan went, Vince Carter, Tyler Hansbro. I mean, you can name my teammate right now. Armando's the best rebounder in history here. And for me to just beat him out for, for a game and rebounds is just another thing in itself. But to do it at NC State, against NC State, I mean, it was a blessing. And I just kind of try to find ways to win. I mean, I've been dealing with a, a little wrist sprain the last few weeks since the Kentucky game. So I feel like I haven't been, my shots haven't been falling out of the clip that they were. So I'm trying to figure out ways to help my team, whether that's guarding the best player or going to get every rebound. I mean, whatever we need to do to win, I'll do. I got
0: to get you out of here soon. You're such a good interview. I could talk to you all day, but I'll get in trouble with Matt if I keep you too long. But I have to ask about Duke because one more fascinating and fun aspect. Of the Harrison Ingram story is that the sister you mentioned earlier, Lauren, signed with the Duke Blue Devils as a volleyball player. Man, your parents must be really proud. Uh, how is that going to work? Because as you know, Duke, Carolina in this neighborhood is like you know Red Sox, Yankees in baseball, and and matches up with some of the best rivalries in the history of the world. How are mom and dad going to handle it? Do you and your sister already have some fun back and forth about it? What's going on?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, as a family, first off, we're really close. I mean, we talk to each other every single day on our family group chat or over a FaceTime call or whatever. And usually, like, every week I'll take my sister out to dinner. And I told her that, you know, during during the month of February and March when we play Duke, we will not be going to dinner. Like, we're not <laughs> friends. She told me that she hopes I have a great game, but she hopes that Duke wins. I'm like, wow. it's cool. It's cool. You can, you can cheer for whoever you want, but just know that when we come to Duke, we are going to win. I promise you, we're going to win. A weird question. I've read that you swept so profusely during
0: <laughs> games that you actually told the schools recruiting you that you need two sets of uniforms for each game. Is that an exaggeration? And are there a lot of players who have this
1: issue as far as you know? I'm not sure. Uh, not, not that I know, but that's 100% the truth. Not an exaggeration, okay. 100% the truth. I did it at Stanford too. I changed – um I actually changed not this jersey. I changed completely. I completely everything. Changed everything. Underwear um undershirt socks I completely changed uh, not socks but everything but socks I changed completely everything and that, that, that's partially because I mean I to sweat a lot this is kind of how I was made and I like to play hard too and diver on the floor so I never really stopped moving in the game so I've always sweated a lot and you know when Coach Davis came to my house I told him that and they were like done you <laughs> know like, I guess I'm coming <laughs>
0: Uh, you turned 21 years old, if I remember correctly, back in the end of November. Yes. That's a big deal. I remember when I turned 21 many, many years ago, like it's just a threshold, right? It's not just another birthday. Was it just another birthday for you or did you do something special um, with your buddies? I mean, you're now you know allowed to enter certain establishments in a way that you weren't allowed to do legally in the past. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I, I haven't really celebrated it yet because we're in season i'm definitely gonna you know me and my best friends after the season's over hopefully after we get national championship um, i'm probably gonna go to las vegas i mean i gotta go to las vegas with the friends and kind of see what happens but kind of just turning 21 to me uh, i turned right after we, the bahamas tournament we had a pretty solid tournament there we got third place should have got first but we lost and i kind of celebrated it my, my parents were at the school they came back to the school I got a drink with my mom, which was, was, uh, that was crazy. (laughs) I never thought that day would come. But other than that, it was just another birthday to me.
0: I have a daughter who just turned 21. We had a beverage together, so I have some sense of how that feels just from the parent side of the equation. All right, let me get you out of here with uh, a couple of quick things. Do you view yourself as a two-year player for the Tar Heels, or are you um, just going to – Reevaluate at the end of your of this season your professional options
1: I haven't really even really thought about that honestly since I got here I've kind of just tried to focus on basketball I don't have an agent or anything like that just focus on the season and do as best as I can and try to win a championship and lastly what
0: was it like I mean you've described a little bit the pride that you take in just wearing the Carolina blue that Michael Jordan and all those others got to wear I didn't know you at the time but it had to be cool to wear the red white and blue I mean, you mentioned traveling the world with your family and, and taking that as a great honor and privilege. Uh, you helped our country to a gold medal a, a, you know, in Latvia as a, whatever you were at the time, 20, 18 years old. I mean, that's just an incredible feeling. What was different about? Uh, you've worn a lot of different uniforms, but only so many people get asked to re- wear the red, white, and blue.
1: I mean, that was an amazing experience. Those guys to this day are still some of my best friends. Kennedy, Chet, all of them were still tight to this day. And another thing that was really interesting about that time is it was during COVID. Yeah. So we were doing all this during COVID. So when we were in Latvia for the whole time we were there, we couldn't leave our hotel for the whole month. Not a, couldn't leave it. Wow. Ever. Wow. Yeah. It was. It was. It was pretty tough um, mentally. I didn't. My parents were there. Couldn't see them the whole month. Couldn't see yeah. anybody that I knew the whole month. It was just us and the team for oh, literally thirty days straight. So we got really close with the coaches, um, the players. And then just winning that national, winning that not, I don't even national, I would say global, winning that global championship, yeah. which is something that I can't really equate to anything else I've done in my life. FIBA World
0: Cup, baby. That is truly international. Is there anything I did not ask you, Harrison, in this lengthy interview that you want people to know about you, your team, your teammates, or anything else? Because I really appreciate your extended visit here on the David Glenn Show. So as we thank you and say goodbye... Uh, you can feel free to add anything that's on your mind
1: um no sir i mean i think you pretty much covered everything other than other than we're i mean we're hungry we're hungry we're still we're ready you know we're trying to win games
0: hashtag respect man thank you for this extended visit please thank matt for helping arrange this we really appreciate your time on the david glenn show keep up the good work
1: yes sir thank you so much for having me
0: you got it that's harrison ingram one of the top newcomers in the entire Atlantic Coast Conference this year, and one of those finalists, or, or one of the nominees rather, for the Julius Irving Award, which goes to the best small forward in America. Thanks to Harrison for joining us. Thanks for, to UNC for helping to set that up. And thanks to you for joining us today on the North Carolina Sports Network.